Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts. Um, okay, so... You're in Hong Kong. All of this stuff is happening. You're. I'm you, in Hong Kong. It's not always just. Yeah, it's yeah. happening in Singapore. It's, it's like, happening it's, in Taiwan. It's happening everywhere. No, but that, I mean, like, it's one thing like coming out of a club in Manchester. Yeah. And as you're coming out of the club, a girl's coming in, and she's just like, "Oh my god, example!" And she's just like, "Come on," and they're like, you know, <laughs> what is um, what is that? That's but then it's like another thing when you go to. Miami and similar things happen, you know, mm. with a, I don't know, the girl backstage, the, you know, the artist liaison who's providing drinks. And then at the end of the night, she's just sort of like, you've got these sort of wide-eyed people and then, you know, you're high or drunk and you've just come off stage to 20, 30,000 people. You just feel like a god. And, um, but then like to do an Asia tour and you're just like, this is gonna be fun. I'm gonna see loads of, because Asia's, Asia, anybody's been in Asia, every, it's all so different. It's all so yeah, mad. It's like, amazing. Even Shanghai compared to Beijing is so completely different. Yeah. And uh, Tokyo you know, is insane. Tokyo is mental. It's Phuket men compared to Bangkok's crazy. Went to Seoul, um, Taiwan, Macau, Hong Kong, um, Vietnam. And they're all, but then to go there and then just have like locals there just being like, and you're like, it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. It must be, it's a bit of a head fuck almost. You're it like, is a head fuck. This is and nuts. then you get home from that tour. And then before you've got time to even process it and like, I don't know, catch up with friends or family. I might I'll get back to my place in Fulham, have a day's recovery. Usually have physio because my legs would be really bad. Go for a run along the Thames. That was sort of like my quiet place. I didn't even realize I was meditating back then. But like, I hear you run with no music. Yeah, I hate running with music. It's amazing. You just run, you run nothing, nothing. Need that yeah, you silence, have a bit of time, yeah. that silence and to be at peace with your thoughts. And I feel it's really good to hear, be able to hear your heartbeat and hear your breathing. I think it's a like really human thing yeah. to like reassure yourself that you're alive and well. I think people who it's listen touching, to music, yeah, touching back with yourself for sure. Yeah, I think you need the escapism of reconnecting with yourself, and the music I think blocks that yeah, out. Yeah, you need to force yourself. To, yeah, even if to, it's an hour think, yeah. of yeah. just being alone with your thoughts. But I guess some people, if they're in the office all day and they don't get to listen to music, they just want to get out. And then, but I, I, I strongly encourage people to run without music, mm. and it, it's, it takes three or four attempts. I find to. Mm. It's funny because you you seem to have you seem to have like this this like self control. But at the same time, you you don't have the self control. I, I, well, I, I know now I'm a lot better because it's picking and choosing your fights, you know, picking and choosing your battles, and and it's a lot. My life in 2013, 14, I would do. So 2014, I did 95 flights that year. Oh my! And I did 128 gigs. 15 of those were double gig days, you know. So on stage at 8 p.m. So Milton Keynes Bowl with Swedish House Mafia, private jet to uh, Switzerland, on stage in Switzerland at 1am for 90 minutes. Mm. Four hour drive to an airport, uh, fly to Portugal, play Portugal, 4pm in the afternoon, fly to Ibiza, play Ibiza at 3am till 4am. The, the state of my heart, liver, lungs, legs back then must have been. And then you get Monday off or Tuesday off, but you might be shooting a music video that day or being on Graham Norton 
or doing shooting your album cover, you know, and then you block block out. My manager will go right. He needs five days off to recover and not drink and go running. And I was I, when I, if I did five days off, I was really good. I was like, yeah, you're fine. I'm not coming to your party. I'm sorry. I'm not coming to your thirtieth. I'm not coming to your anniversary. I'm not coming to your engagement drinks. Mm. I'm not coming to your album launch. I'm gonna be quite tough about it. But then it would be like, I know so and so is in town. I don't know Calvin Harris or mm. Layback Luke or Avicii. They want to do a writing session. So it's your day off, but you're like, well, am I not going to go and do a writing session with? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck. And then before you know it, you're in that writer's studio session, the songs, so you're getting excited by the music. And then you're like, should we have a beer at lunch? You have a beer at lunch, and then you're out to fucking 1 a.m. again. Did you, did you, did you? There's only so long you can sustain that level of like, it's almost like cortisol. You've got your constant, you're just like constantly going, going, going. And I feel like as, as you get older, I felt, I felt it anyway. Like you have to then, you have to be really strict and take that five days. Otherwise, it's just like, well, yeah, you, that's you why you'd burn out. And I think I was pretty fit and strong mentally and physically. Right, I was by the time I started, I got into music. I think because, like, when I used to be an editor in um, Great Titchfield Street in Oxford Circus, I used to cycle to work, uh, run at lunchtime to Primrose Hill in my lunch break, do shuttles up and down Primrose Hill. And then cycle home, and then sometimes go to the gym. I was like, so why? Fit. Why? Why? Because you just enjoyed what just, it gave you. Yeah, I just enjoyed it, and my body could cope with it. Like my mm. dad was always super fit. Like my dad's, yeah. my dad did like ten marathons. Like my dad's oh, best Jesus. marathon time was two twenty six. Like he was a beast, and he, Are only, you serious? he only stopped running at sixty because his um, hills packed up the natural cushion, uh, and his yeah, hills yeah. just burst, almost like your air bubble. Probably, burst yeah, in. he was running too much. He was just it's running too much. But I was, like my dad, pretty much had a six pack until he was sixty years old. Is he, like, is he still alive? He's still alive, yeah. He's, he's, he's going to be 70 this year. He just can't train as well as he used to. He's had shoulder replacements and so on. But, you know, he was always my inspiration because he yeah. actually had a really tough upbringing. Like, I had a relatively easy upbringing. He had a really tough upbringing, him mm. and my mum did. And I think the running helped him cope. So in my mind, I was always like, running helps me cope. Mm. I can't run as much as I used to now because I've, I've had knee operations as well. Mm. And I've had Achilles tendonitis issues from bouncing around on stage, coming off stage, not stretching, drinking alcohol, not getting enough sleep, you know? I should, yeah. Whereas when I'm on tour now, I come off, put my feet in a bucket of ice, Theragun. <laughs> not the one you pressed in, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> not like, uh, Have you ever had plantar fasciitis? Have you had plantar fasciitis? No, but I know all about it. Yeah. Oh, man. But you need that, orthotics and- Yeah. Is that it, on the heel? That's on the heel. Yeah, that, yeah, that, if that. you get it from, because I, I heard you also describe, which I never really thought, I never thought about it. When you were performing, it's like a football match. Yeah, well, 90 minutes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I never thought about it that way, but of course it is. And the way that you perform, you give, you're literally spent. Yeah. For the but, whole, yeah, I'm like giving it everything. Yeah. But on my last tour, we did 14 gigs. And after Brixton, I was like, I'm, we're lucky it's the last gig because I wouldn't be able to perform tomorrow. That's how bad my legs really? were. I was hobbling around Come backstage. Come out in a wheelchair. <laughs> and then when I went back to Australia in March, I had a special program, program for my physio. Um, he's an amazing guy called James Davis. He's occasionally I'll put him on my Insta, but he'd do like dry needles, cupping, osteopath, crack your bones, deep tissue massage. But he was like, you need to strengthen your ankles because your calves are taking way too much and mm. beating. He was like, you're basically doing 12 rounds of boxing because you're basically skipping like side mm. to side with big leaps and jumps in the air whilst rapping and singing nonstop with very little break. So it's your lungs, your heart, you know, everything, your back from all the jumping. And then he was just like, he showed me this Instagram, knees over toes guy, you know, knees over toes yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about human beings don't do enough in modern day yeah. human beings to strengthen their knees and ankles. And they're the key parts in order for being able to be mobile until right. you know, you're 80 or 90 years old. Everyone thinks, you know, 
just work on your whole body. But the key things are your knees and your ankles, because that's, that's essentially what we're always pivoting on. Mm. And human beings are just so used to just walking in a straight line, and that's that's it. Whereas historically, as human beings, we would be dragging carcasses back to our caves to eat. Mm. So we'd be spending a lot of time carrying, dragging, pulling through forests, through shrubs, through deserts, through whatever. And that's why our knees and ankles survive, but we're not doing enough to strengthen mm. our knee and ankle muscles and ligaments. So he put me on this program, which was pretty much just sled pushes and pulls, but pulling on your tiptoes, pulling on your heels, pulling sideways, dragging towards you. And I did that and my, the strength in my knees and ankles like just went up so mm. drastically. There's the, and then it, that in turn helps your hips and your lower back. And so then it's all part of the yeah. system, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There's you, you mentioned earlier Vici, right? And obviously, dude, I mean, we I saw the documentary. We all know his story. And, and how well did you know him? Um, I I knew him enough for him to open up to me a little bit, but when we weren't like we we didn't have like each other's numbers or emails. But I probably met him ten times, and we had like one that once had a really long chat in his, his dressing room for about an hour. Cause, Quite cause, a deep guy. Yeah, quite a deep, because, you know, with him, it, from what I can see from the documentary, his thing was just like that burnout sense of just going, going, going. Like it was an intense process. But what I, when I hear what you're saying as well, it, it feels like there was this moment in your life, I don't know, 2012 or whatever it was, mm. where you were, you were going all the time, festivals all the time, music was going good, you were drinking, drugs, women, whatever it is. Did that come crashing down on you at all? Uh, what happened was I'd met Erin around 2011 and then 2014 I had to cancel 30 gigs because my tendonitis in my legs was so bad mm. and we'd worked out that I was I was wearing the wrong footwear I was wearing like flat adidas gazelles almost like what you're yeah, wearing yeah it's, it's just smacking so smacking. the back of the shoes that's bit you know most shoes like the old school is like tough leather yeah so that's going just bang digging in bang yeah, so you just got so your shoes going a thousand times in oh 90 minutes. Oh my God. Um, so I, that was basically the first sort of wake up call. And that was the blessing in disguise that I needed to just stop. Um, you know, I had to have intense physio treatment, like, you know, walking through sand pits, you know, just scrunching your toes, walking around my house, just on my heels all the time. And then having, you know, it's similar to like a Theragun or hyperized yeah, yeah, massage yeah. gun going for, and then basically just a, a metal plate on my Achilles for like half an hour and then I, I couldn't walk for three weeks I like couldn't walk what? I was crawling to the toilet because how's, my your legs men got, how's your mental state at this point well, it was great because I just got like sober and fit and healthy and I had so much clarity and you know we lost maybe like a million dollars worth of gigs um but wait hang on a second hold on a second I, so so before because my, my management uh, uh, and everyone uh, uh, and label were really happy they were really? like you know, you're going to walk again and you're going to come back fitter and stronger, but you needed this. How much do you think, how much do you think your wife Erin saved you? Um, I mean, when we both met, we were both absolute nutters. Really? So we were kind of like rock and roll together for a bit. Mm. But it also became a point where I'd, it's better off that I was in a hotel room with her or, you know, at home on the sofa on a weekend than down the pub. Yeah, I don't mean we were at home getting fucked. I mean, yeah. you know, come off stage and maybe stay up late with her in a hotel room till like 2, 3 a.m. But that's infinitely better than being out yeah. in a club till 6 a.m. with a load of people you're never going to see again. Mm. Yeah. So, and then, you know, obviously having kids, you know, that, that sobers you up. 
yeah um, because you know someone's carrying your baby for nine months and then she breastfed for a year uh with both babies so you know i that, had, that, i think it, it wasn't necessarily just Aaron. it was Aaron and i saving each other yeah that's at amazing that time and then having kids is just life-changing one's what mad and then two's Mind. Mind. but Mind. I, I heard that you you and Erin met and after the first night together you she said I'm gonna marry this person she told her mum that yeah isn't that insane yeah, it's mental and now <laughs> I've been together 11 years and it's like it's just constant like it's, it's tough work yeah it's constantly like the, the amount you have to communicate yeah constantly about but break this down it's not down. normal like, to, like, to be like to, last summer we did nine weeks apart and this summer's seven weeks apart that's hard. And it's really, oh yeah, we're going through tough times at the moment. I won't, I won't lie, but it's, you know, it's not stuff I want to go into, but yeah. it's, it's mad because you, you see me on stage having the time of my life and I am because I love my job and I love meeting fans before and afterwards. I like having loads of family and friends come down and spoiling them, you know, have 20 guests that stand and call in on Friday last week. Some of my best friends and like, bring your sisters down, bring your kids, bring your... Mm. And, you know, and I put extra snacks backstage with the kids and extra two bottles of vodka for my mates. And, oh, and I, say to, I say, watch the first half of the gig up front and come side of stage. And you can see them side of stage going, and they're seeing 40,000 people going crazy. So I love looking after people and treating people. But, you know, that's, they do that one day. I did five gigs last weekend and couldn't walk on Monday. My physio had to come around to save my mm. legs. But the, I did... 14 hours of driving last weekend and I, my manager does, does the driving fair play to him he's a absolute soldier because he's he's, a, doing, he's he's got two kids as well mm. that, you know he's hardly sees at weekends and they're at school all week so How he's making sacrifices but then you know I'm, I'm in a i'm in two hotel beds last week and everyone's like oh but they're five star hotels it's not it's not a point it's like it doesn't where, matter, it doesn't matter yeah. if they're three star four star five star hotels. it's like I'm in a bed that isn't my own with a pillow that isn't my own. So I wake up with yeah. neck problems and back problems. Mm. I'm lonely. You know, I just can't wait to get up and get down to breakfast to see my DJ and my driver and my photographer. It's yeah. like a little family. And we're all, my DJ, who's was best man at my wedding, Sam Wire, DJ Wire, he's got two young kids as well. Really? So how do you, how do you communicate that? Because if you've got, Aaron's in Brisbane in Australia where you live, mm. um, with the kids and things like that, you're doing what you, I, I imagine, but I don't know, that sometimes that sort of resentment can slip in because it's like shit i'm at home with the kids i know you're doing your job but you know and how do you communicate that she, the key thing is is sure erin will be like all i want is some time to myself and to have some adult conversations mm -hmm. i love my kids a bit but i don't i don't want to speak to kids all day every day yeah you know my two hours in the morning is just conversation with kids and then my two three hours in the evening before bedtime is just with kids and yes her friends come around her family come around but She's just like, oh, I just want a fucking week without the kids. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, I just want to wake up in the house and hear them screaming and cuddle them mm. and smell them. And like, I just want to grab my, my four-year-old. So cute. Like oh, the seven-year-old's oh, like a little crazy engineer, madman, <laughs> you know, doesn't really give you much eye contact and just wants to show you things he's drawn or built. Yeah. And isn't very cuddly. Mm. Whereas the little one just eye contact and wants to make you smile and giggle and cuddle. So very different. Um, and like, it's not like I love them both equally, but my four-year-old still gives us such amazing cuddles. That yeah, so it's that emotional connection. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss the madness of my seven-year-old Evander because I love building stuff. Most Saturdays and Sundays we're building stuff That's out weird. of wood and glue and painting. And it might take four or five hours on my Saturday. And, and or, you know, we're doing puzzles yeah. or we're doing something with magnets and he's like really experimental. And the other one's starting to get a bit more creative and engineering, but he's, he just wants to look at you and make you smile. Like literally, like you'll be walking around the room and he's just following your eyes going. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You know, he's four years old, but he's so emotionally advanced. Yeah. So I, Aaron will experience that all day, every day. You know, yeah. obviously they're at school and kindy, kindy's um, like a nursery. Kindy, kindergarten. Kindy. Um, but... <laughs> It's, it's mad because all the things she wants, yeah, like that I have. You I, want the other. I want the opposite. Yeah, but the grass is always greener, right? We always want things that we don't have. Yeah, but that most is... people might have a week or two weeks away yeah. and then back to their family. Like I'm doing seven You've got weeks. two extremes going on here, right? It's very extreme. Like the only other people I know do this sort of thing, like people who work on oil rigs. <laughs> or people who go over. Which I'm surprised you didn't, actually, you didn't, you didn't try out. Yeah. Some six stage. weeks on, six weeks off. Six yeah, weeks, yeah. You know, like some of my friends who are pilots, you know, they're, they're only away for two or three days at a time. And then they've got a week at home. And then they're away for two or three days. And then they're a week at home. And then, you know. But then how, I, do you, how do you find, how do you find like. But the thing is, when you choose a life in music, yeah. not only is it the hardest job in the, one of the hardest jobs anyway, just to stay relevant. You know, mm. think about all the people from say my too. era. Not, let's not be rude and name names, but there's a lot of rappers, singers, pop stars, p- producers, all disappeared. And I'm still in touch with some of them. Some of them actually couldn't handle it mentally, physically. Mm. Some of them have nothing to write about anymore. I've just said, I can't make music. Some of them are just happy living in their, their house with their royalty checks coming in every now and again with their kids. Mm. Don't really leave the house. Some of them have gone on to be managers and producers and into property or art, you know. So, but... I'm not trying to big myself up here. I'm actually no. saying I'm a lunatic for deciding to do this because it's really taxing. Yeah, you know, si- 17 years now. Mate, I've that's been doing insane. This. How do Again, you- why Goldie's an inspiration? You know, yeah. he's, near, he's nearly 60. But- and his summer, this summer, he's got 60 shows this summer. Yeah, he's playing DJ. so much. I've seen him on so many lineups. I'm like, fair I'm like everyone thinks everyone's like, Elliot's a bit hardest man, working man in music. And I'm like, no. not even, but even the, how hard I work, there's always people working even harder. How do you stay in your lane? We, we had this the other day, which is so true. Is as you look at, we talk about kids, right? When kids run at sports days, yeah. they're, they're running down. and The key is to compete with yourself. Yeah. With that, and what happens with kids, they look left and right when they're winning the race and that's when they lose. So how do you make sure? Well, I you- used to look left and right. I was actually in an interview in the Metro, I think on Monday or Tuesday this week, you know, the 60 seconds with, mm. and it was like, one of the things I spoke about and that is like, I've always been competitive. Like I was rubbish at football at school. So I never played football but I was really good at long distance running. I was really good at swimming. So I only entered mm. those things. Oh, you were smart with it? Yeah. And it's like, I, I entered British Bake Off because I thought I had a good chance of winning. Yeah, you did. I'm, yeah. well, I'm, a, I'm a good cook like, and I'm creative and I'm organized, you know, in terms of like time and preparation and so on. Um, but it's like, rapping was always competitive. Rapping is like boxing. It's a competitive sport. Mm. And it's like, every time you go to the studio, even if that song never gets released, that rap is you know, a sharpening of the tools as such, you know, mm. it's like, cause you have to keep your tools sharp in, in yeah. when you're a lyricist. And I used to be obsessed with co- co- competing with, I don't know whether it was Plan B, Professor Green, Calvin Harris, Ed Sheeran, 
you know, not that I needed to compete with them, but you, you know, you hear people's songs, you're like, oh, I want to do a song like that. I want to do a song better now. You see people have played to 20,000 people and you're like, I want to play to 30,000 people. Or someone has a number five in the charts and you're like, I want to have a number one in the charts. And then they have a number one in America and they're like, fuck, I'm never going to have a number one in America. Um, <laughs> but be- I've started making the best music I've done in years because I'm, I don't really watch anyone else. I just go, what do I want to listen to and what do I want to perform? That's mm. amazing. And then when, when it comes to my live show, occasionally, you know, I've watched someone like, Stormzy and I'll just be like he's one of the best performers in the world like he's best MC in the UK or easily in the top three got bundles of energy he's charming he's gracious he's hilarious off stage as well and you know that's the sort of people I'm like not competitive with but I'm just sort of like highly respect you admire you yeah, I admire, yeah, admire, yeah. admire Sheeran a lot but you know other than that no offense it's like Foles for instance I watched the other day amazing live band and I'm a big fan of them. And I couldn't even name you five of their songs, but yeah. I'll watch them for an hour and a half, you know, because mm. they're unbelievable. But most performers now are shit. Like yeah. most people. But like why people is that? To, is that just, I don't is know, that, they just need to work harder. People just think like, uh, the people are headlining festivals that have been on after me this summer. They're just terrible. Fucking shocking. Really? Oh, they have no stagecraft. They have no banter. The sets aren't catered to, like you're at a festival, right? Does that annoy you, you as well? Is that not, is no, not, no, it's great it's, for me because everyone says I'm the best actor of the weekend. Do you yeah, think this yeah. is to do with like how quickly they've like risen to fame? That is a lot. You know, sometimes as rappers, they, they have a hundred million streams and their first show is Brixton Academy. Yeah. Like your first show should be the local pub to 11 people. Yeah. And you should probably do 50 of them. You know, you should learn. You're, you're like a stand-up comedian. You, just, in a you, you have like, to do the circuit. We, yeah. You have to learn how to do with hecklers and you don't have to, the mic's cut out or the CD decks are broken or, you know, you get booed for the whole thing. Yeah. And I had 500 gigs like that. They haven't done that graph. They haven't done the, the backstory of like 10, 15 years of just like slogging it out. Well, so they, my show with the DJ now is we've been constructing, there's parts of this show which have been there for six, seven, eight years. But we, we'll, make, we'll make edits like every two or three shows. We'll add something new and take something out trim something by eight bars, add 16 bars, add a remix, speed something up, put a big sound effect in a big explosion, a, fucking, a siren, you know, it's constructed. So it's an, an hour or an hour and 15 or whatever of absolute pandemonium to the point that you will not be able to leave for a piss or go and buy a drink. You mm. will be encapsulated by us. Even if you're a rock fan, we want you to go away some they were the best. Even if you're, if you, if you, you're not an example fan, we want you to go away going, fucking that was a great gig. Yeah. Like, and that's what we strive to do. And there's like, you watch some of these acts and you're like, you put, you put, they're performing a hit. Yeah. Just because it was a hit don't mean that you should be performing it live. I've got, I've had 26 top 40s and there's seven of them in the show. But even two of my songs that were top fives, we don't perform because I don't, I don't perform Won't Go Quietly because I don't feel it's got the energy and the relevance. Really? There. I don't perform Say Nothing in really? the show. And and there's like, but there's like some of your big hits. Yeah, but it? they just don't work with what the, the what energy which I'm trying to present. And like, yeah. you see some of these headlines, they're like, hi, yeah, I'm going to perform my recent hit for you now. Who knows this one? And even if they know the words, you see the crowd, is, the crowd want to <laughs> dance or they want to mosh or they mm. want to, yeah, yeah. you know, they want to get people on shoulders. They want to crowd surf. They want to smile. They want to giggle. And then in between songs, they're going, he's having a good time. Yeah. Just want to say thanks for having me, Latitude. Oh yeah, and then they start having a conversation with someone in the front row. Yeah, like only Adele can do that. You know what I mean? She's a stand-up comedian as well. Yeah, I, but- get, I guess what it is is because like 
you doing those moments means so much more to you because you've come so far to get there whereas they've just gone bang and they're there and well, it's just great like, for me well, i hope it stays that way for a long time because yeah. <laughs> next year next year i want to play another 40 festivals and then i can have six months off and just spend time with my kids yeah that's amazing that you get those two sides of the world and 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 what's so great is that you know you're over here in the uk at the moment doing that and then like you said you go back to your like safe haven where you're just dad and that's that, my life. And that, that's, that's and I love wicked. It. And I probably that. don't need to even go to the studio for a while. Like I've got four or five features with other artists coming up over the next six months. I probably don't even know if I'll do an album nine for maybe two or three years. Like, really? I just want to... Just go work on those heels, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strengthen exactly, those ankles. Exactly. Just get more midlife crisis tattoos. <laughs> we, we also... <laughs> Do you, uh, one of the one of the greatest things out. Do you remember when? Um, and I'm sure people remember this is back. Don't in the day. say one of the greatest things ever. It's not. It's, it's not it the greatest. Is, sure? I said it is. <laughs> okay, but I remember when you and Sheeran did the Nando song. Mm. Oh yeah, my greatest song of all time. <laughs> still, but you just freestyling it. People still come over. Mate, and like, I know. Like, Are you gonna do the Nando song? <laughs> and I'm like, no, because <laughs> my show is a rave. We're not gonna stop the rave halfway no. through to go. But it was like iconic for some reason. This thing, this it was like iconic for it was like, like 30, 40 million views or something. It's Maybe crazy. More than. I know it's crazy. And it was the first time I'd met Ed. Like we'd spoken on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you know he was just like, should we do a little tour diary? Let's do a freestyle. And that was before the gig. And I remember watching his show that night. And I was just like, you're going to play stadiums one night. And I gave him a bottle of Jack Daniels. How did a, you know that? Just because it just like how he was. I, from watching him for 20 minutes, I, I knew. I was mm. like, was just, his voice is too good. His songs are too good. The loop pedal beatboxing thing. I was just like, this, this kid's going to play stadiums. Uh. And then I gave him a bottle of Jack Daniels and said, remember me when you're playing stadiums. <laughs> and then when I, he played Wembley about four or five years ago, I supported him. It was like me, Rudimental, supporting him at Wembley. And he gave me back a bottle of whiskey. No, no way. Oh, I so love it's like, that. Thanks for telling me I was going to play stadiums. I already knew. <laughs> how, <laughs> he, is, he is quite cocky, but in a, but in a really in nice a, way. Yeah. He can be cocky. How do you, how, just just quickly as well, you know, you spoke about loneliness before, and I think that's right, especially, I read this article the other day about how men, typically men, a lot of men feel lonely at the moment, right, in lots of different places. You know, you're touring all those different things. How much do, how how do artists stay not lonely? And and I know you've experienced that a little bit sometimes, especially back in the day. How do you, how do you, combat that um i think the key thing for me was just like if you're gonna s see people like i've got a lot of friends and a lot of really good friends as well uh it's, it's it's sometimes best to just like be really honest with people and warn them and just be like i really want to see you tonight for dinner or have a catch-up i'd really appreciate it if you didn't have a glass of wine or didn't drink a beer like just putting it out there and if they're willing to do that then they're really good friends and like they're that's almost, a great point. That's a really good like point. They're, they're like, they will make a point of not only not doing it, but saying, don't you dare order a beer as well. And that's a really strong thing to have. Otherwise, you're just hiding indoors all the time. Mm. But I do find myself, I'll go to the gym in the morning or do yoga, and then I'll go back to the gym in the afternoon. Yeah. And I have a sauna nearly every day, an ice bath two or three times a week. Um, How good is cold therapy? I, I believe it's the best. It's the best thing I, in the world. I think everybody should do it. I, I, and you I, can all you have to do is put ice, ice cubes in your bath. I know, mm. mate. I, I, we had Wim Hof on the podcast. He said, "Just give it a go." And I was like, "Oh, it's not going to work." It's I did. Best. It's the best thing I've ever I've done. I've got an ice bath at home in Brisbane. Yeah, it's do amazing. It twice a week. It's amazing. I totally immerse your body in like anxiety, you know, stress, sleep, everything. Like, every, I can't stress to people enough. It is the best thing yeah. any human being mm. can do, whatever age you are. Like start off by just at the end of your shower, turning the water down gradually till it gets colder. And then, you know, maybe get in the bath with one bucket of ice in mm. 
and then you know build up to the point where you've got 10 bags of ice in your bath and then get yourself you know go down the jump in the local lake yeah no, i'm it, serious it, it, it's yeah, like it's, it is you are all stressed out you come out and you feel like, like my anxiety having started it just and you just, sleep better just, sleep yeah. better everything it's insane and and people don't Opens believe up it all your blood vessels yeah and, and people don't believe it's a real thing no, like, it's, like, it's, a hundred, it's the best thing you can do yeah i love that and i feel like it's it's reversing my aging process really? yeah yeah I I, I I i saw my buddies haven't seen in ages and they said you look young and i was like I, I swear to God, I think it's because it's cold therapy. You've got, you got a few it? other things going on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, teeth bonding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that is that the sponsor that's coming in in a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> no, I do. I do now a. Um, I go to a cryo chamber where you stand in like minus yeah, 140. Yeah. I do that like three times a week. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's You've got amazing skin. You can see. It's, uh, it's looking it's, good. It's freaking Fresh. cryo. Um, listen, buddy, we, we don't want to take too much time. With it's your... like, so I've got to sit in traffic for now and a half to get <laughs> yeah, home get as well. Back. Thanks, London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did you move to Australia? <laughs> for this. That shit outside. <laughs> Dude, listen, where can, where can we get the album? Uh, everywhere. So uh, Spotify um, and DSP, you know, Apple and all that. There's a few signed CDs left on my website. I think we sold a few thousand, but wow. a few signed CDs left on my website. Um, Are you I'm, proud of this one? It's, I'm, it's undoubtedly my best work. There's drill music on there. There's me doing... Like probably the hardest rapping I've ever done. There's drum and bass, there's UK garage, there's house music. There's about 10 features, so it flows really nicely. It's not just all my monotonous voice yeah. <laughs> the whole way through. Um, I've got about 13 gigs left um, this summer. Yeah. If anyone wants to come see me at a festival. And then I'm doing like a little club tour in January. Just like probably take it back to the rave, like go to do some warehouses. Nice. Like in wow. some big cities. And then be back again next summer for festivals. And then the next UK tour, 2024, we're already planning like two, three years ahead. That's insane. Yeah. How, nice. how many years? 17 years, you said? <laughs> 17 years since my first gig. Uh, and my first years. release was 2004 on vinyl. Um, I think we Shit. sold 11 copies. Big, big, big song. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, listen, I, I've always been a fan of yours and um, it's great to see you just in such a good place. It Thank feels you, like. man. Yeah, and, and man, I, I would love to come... Uh, Check you out because it's always well, a party. look at the dates left and come to a festival and oh, it'd be my guest and you can drink all my rider and stand side of stage and cry. <laughs> I um, can't wait. I can do yeah, it. We'll chat after this. I really appreciate it, man. Listen, um, yeah, thank you so you much. You can come too as well. Just keep the smuts <laughs> to a minimum. <laughs> Dude, listen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. What we like to do at the end is leave our listeners with something inspirational. Get in a fucking ice bath. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> now. Mate, I appreciate it. Everybody see you next week. Goodbye. That was a whirlwind. It was. It was a lot. It was a lot to a lot do. A lot to unpack there. Uh, thoughts. What are your thoughts? Give it to me. 17 years of just like high intensity, smashing it. And he's still going. Fair play to him. Fair play. I now, I, like I want to you... go and get in an ice bath mm -hmm. tonight. I want a physio to come around. I want him to mas massage me. Mm -hmm. He's looking great for his age. Looking great. As are you. Yeah. Don't let's not ice, forget let's ice, not forget that. He complimented parts. your skin. He did. Which you are gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a good I'm gonna day. Dine out you're on that. gonna you're gonna dine out I on that. I am gonna dine out on bloody that. <laughs> you're gonna go home and see Soph and be like, you know, uh yeah, Elliot. Uh, uh example, yeah, he said I had good good skin, <laughs> actually. <laughs> paying off, mate. It is finally paying off. Come on, you big boy. Hard work. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, don't don't remember.
that we have our bonus episodes on Wednesday. Please forget Please that forget we do bonuses on Wednesdays because we, we want you to discover it for the first time. So it's a surprise. <laughs> uh, remember to go and check out our Instagram at Private Podcast and our TikTok as well. Hey, we'll see you next Wednesday for another episode. Next Wednesday. See you later. See you next Wednesday for another episode. Bye. Bye.